everybody? This is Rob Halford. The Moody Stars. Hey there, this is Steve Hackett. You folks are just working on a triumph from a talking rock with Dave and Shane. Derek Shulman, uh, this is so awesome to talk with you. Of course, uh, the legend from Gentle Giant, record executive uh, producer. You've done it all. It's so great uh, to talk with you. I know we have the uh, the remaster of Civilians. So many great things going on. We want to start, though, at, and Shannon, I, we were just talking about this. Shane, I think you were even the first to mention, you know, the pal- passing of Alec. John Such, of course, from Bon Jovi. I know you work clo- closely with Bon Jovi. Um, in the early days, your thoughts on Alec and just this this very sad news. Uh, it was awful news. Uh, you know, Alec was um, probably the, uh, he was the guy that was uh, instrumental in bringing um, Richie Watico and him were working together before. I mean, John was on his own, you know, kind of like doing his thing at the power station with his uh, second cousin. And um, Tico was in Frankie and the Knockouts. Um, I mean, before the whole Bon Jovi band was really put together. Um, and uh, John recruited uh, Tico. And Tico, uh, came, uh, Tico said, uh, let's bring in um, uh, Alec. And Alec suggested that we should look at um, Richie Sambora uh, for the guitarist. Because at that wow. time, um, uh, Dave Sabo of uh, Skid Row was just leaving, the, you know, just well, it didn't cut it for, for the band. Mm. Um, so he was interested in putting a lot of things together for the band, actually, Alec. You know, um, and he was, he was a, he's a great guy, you know, a lot of fun. Um, you know, a good on stage. He didn't, he, he uh, honestly, he didn't quite make it that well in the studio. He's a great player, but not a, not a, a good player, not a great player. And Huey McDonald for the most part, played a lot of his parts, to be honest with you, mm. in the studio. So um, that's why he took over the stage uh, role of uh, Alec uh, in, the, in the 90s. It's very mm. sad. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it seems, you know, like, <laughs> man, you know, all these damn musicians, uh, you yeah. know, things are catching up with them. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, and I look in the mirror, it's like I'm, I smack myself in the face and say, <laughs> am I still here? Right, God. yeah. Yeah, it's a, a wake-up call. But it's, yeah, very sad. It really is. You have, do you have fond memories of those times working with them in the early days? And Oh, yeah. You know, it was a completely different era. I mean, you know, it was a whole... You know, the world was, like, way open for you. It was no, there was no um, uh, you know, social media. There was no uh, you know, radio and MTV, of course were the uh, marketing tools and, and playing live um, was the key to opening up all the doors that, you know, they did. And, and, and John and the band, you know, they learned really quickly how to be damn good. You know, for when they first started, honestly, they were, they were pretty lousy, but, uh, <laughs> but they learned quick. <laughs> they did, you know, they were great learners and became, you know, um, iconic in their own right at some point, you know, so, but that was uh, part you know, partly to do with with uh, Dot McGee, who I brought in as manager. Um, he put them out there with, uh, you know, in, in the first go round with bands like uh, Van Halen, Kiss, Scorpions, yep. real rock, real heavy rock band, so that the band would understand what it took to be a rock band, rather than a sort of, you know, it could have gone the other way into you know this this um, pop, 
you know, kind of like, like you know, good-looking kids, uh, almost boy band thing, which, you know, could have... But anyway, we, we I think we made the right decisions and they became a you know, phenomenon, especially the third album, which uh, blew up for everyone. Yeah. You know, slippery one went. What, what did it take for bands in that era, you know, once you discovered them and, or, you know, once you, you saw that they had something... What did it take for to, to to get them in shape? You know, did it vary from band to band? You know, I mean, with with probably because I imagine you know if you have your eye on a group, you know, there's only a little bit of time before like if it, if it doesn't work out with one group, you know, do you would you move on to another? You know what I mean? Like, what's that like? You know, that to get them moving at that to, to yeah, that yeah, level? Yeah, 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 at that time, uh, I mean, there was a whole um, litany of things that were. I mean, it wasn't. You know, today in today's marketplace, uh, I'm talking you know the, the business side of, of the of the music business, uh, mm-hmm. there's a thousand pieces to put together. I mean, and even then, you don't even know if they're put together until until it's even put together. In those days, it was probably about ten or twelve pieces. Mm-hmm. But number one, most important thing was obviously the music first. Uh, number one and number two is how driven and uh, quote authentic, if you like, uh, the band, how, where do they see themselves? Do they just want to go, go out and be a rock band and have fun and you know, do blow and hookers and this, that and the other? Or do they want to see, do they see themselves on the stage in, at the Madison Square Garden in three, four, five years? Do they actually see it really? Or, or is it something that they dream about? And that's, that's key, you know, and, and some bands don't even know, uh, a lot of bands don't see that they have, you know, they're, they're having fun and they're out on the road, they're getting it and paid and, and getting laid, if you like. Um, so the key to the biggest bands is number one, great, you know, great music, number two, authenticity. Mm. Uh, and, 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 um, and number three, having the drive and the ambition to see that through. Um, you know, and, and the biggest bands I've, I've worked with um, on this side of the fence, if you like, um, you know, were, were bands that had that. I mean, the band, there were certain bands who, who, who you know are going to make it, but don't, but, um, but t- it takes a while for them to find their, um, their, their pathway. And there's certain other bands, you know, like, for instance, Pantera, when I first saw them, you know, those guys. Uh, I just, you know, instinct. I went down to Texas. They're playing a club and thirty people, and I, I went down as a head of a company. You know, I was running Co Records, and I went down and saw them, and um, I just knew. It. I, I just in my gut, heart, and everything else, I just knew they had it. They wouldn't gonna be. They were never gonna get on the radio. They were never gonna be on MTV. But man, I went down there, and the third song, I just knew that they, they were just like they completely blew me away. There was something there that I'd never felt before. And I, I knew that um, the w- only way for them to become what they became was to put them on road to do the thing that I did, which is go see them. So put, I put money behind them instead of you know, putting my money on a, a great you know, big video and, and, and trying to get them already. I made sure that they went out on the road and got a shortfall so they didn't come home penniless. So there's a lot of things that, that are involved, if you like. Mm-hmm. I know. I know we're kind of approaching this backwards today. But yeah, 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 we, yeah we were just uh, 
I know. Yeah, we have so many general giant questions. Yeah. Absolutely, and yeah, we'll we'll read that. But so, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you did you kind of find yourself? Um, did you did you kind of feel like an outsider coming from where you came from, and General Giant, established musician, a, a very successful band, coming into that that end of the business? And did the bands have a like kind of a respect for you because of of your background? Oh yeah, I came in. Uh, you know, uh, the first, the very first day I came in because a friend of mine said, "Have you ever thought about working for a record company?" And it was almost like I became Darth Vader overnight. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, but I came in, and honestly, uh, you know, I've shown around every, every every office at Polygram Records then. Um, and that evening, that first evening, I thought, I can't wait to get the hell out of here. You know, I realized that, uh, but I stayed the course. Uh, uh, you know, um, but I realized that on that very first night, you know, having been a musician for many years myself, um, it wasn't about the music business. It was, it was a business of music. And I learned that in that first day. And I realized, okay, so if I'm going to bring my, my perspective, if you like, and my um, uh, viewpoint to wherever I'm, I'm going to make them, you know, make my living, if you like. Uh, I can bring that experience uh, and my own personal experience have, of having, you know, slept on a floor over, you know, and slept in a van uh, to to what I'm what I'm doing now and, and seeing the artists and no artist could ever say you, you don't know what it's like because I know, it, uh, you know, so I did get the I, I think I did get the respect of having you know, been on the road and done things that they're doing and I and I have that I, I, I all, at least I hoped I did, I'll have that kind of um, perspective and um, for the musicians, um, not just for the business. Um, yeah, listen, everyone has to make a living, and, and, but certainly the, I, I really loved hanging with the, the guys in the band. You know, it was, it was something that I always did and always do, you know? Yeah. So that was, a, yeah, it was important to me and, um, and important to the musicians that, that I dealt with, and I think they did respect me because I, whether they say we're writing songs or bringing things in, I could say no, that you know that that E7 should be a G or or you know whatever, and and play them, play the music, and and you know I didn't get a weird look saying what's that suit got to do with what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. By the way, I didn't wear a suit, so. Yeah. <laughs> did you, you, see, you see videos of some guys who, who would wear these suits and back in the day like uh, i was thinking about the manager for it was this uh, foreigner and uh, i mean, just you know I, i'm a big fan of like the old um, um behind the music specials <laughs> you know? oh yeah yeah like yeah. you'll see some of the old suits that these guys would wear even doc i think back in the day and it's like man this you know hey that was the style <laughs> yeah i never did i mean I, yeah, yeah sorry I, I, I didn't buy into that stuff thankfully and, yeah and yeah anyway but you know yeah i think the my experience of having been, you know, in, in being on the road and, and, and played, you know, and played in the, on the stage and, and make, making records uh, over, God knows, 16, 17 years, um, gave me a great perspective of the other side of the biz. And to be honest with you, it was, as I said to you, the first day, I, I, I couldn't wait to get out. Here I am 30 plus years later, you know, or four years, it's still around, you know, doing, <laughs> thinking about what it is, you know, so um but it gave me it gave me and i think the artists i work with and other people that you know a good perspective of 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 what was the most important which is the musician and the music 
Yeah. Well, how early into your, your career did you find Bon Jovi, work with them, sign them? And, and did you, and this is my last Bon Jovi question, of course, oh, but, good, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and uh, did you have any involvement in the writing of their first record? Um, I was, I, I was at Polygram. I, I, I joined in 82 and I heard uh, the first track of Bon Jovi's first album, Runaway on the radio and a, and a lawyer came to me saying, this is a kid in, in New Jersey uh, in 83. So he was, and I, would, I just, I moved from being slash artist development promotion to A&R then. Um, and, you know, I, I heard this song and it was, it was a great, great song. And, and I, you know, this, uh, um, and I, I saw a picture of, of John and, and, and I met him, you know, and he was, you know, first of all, he's a young, cute, you know, guy who had a you know shiny white teeth and great hair, uh, and and I thought, man, you know, and 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 a great appeal, and also um, a drive that is un, uh, indescribable. Someone who sat in front of me, and he said, you know, in the first meeting I had with him, you know, just me and him sitting down, he said. I asked him what his vision was. He said, I'm going to be as big as Elvis. Mm. And I looked at him kind of like, is he Joe? Is, is this like, you know, him bullshitting me here? Right, right. No, <laughs> no. He, 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 in his head, and that's what I'm talking about, he actually saw himself as big, if not bigger than Elvis. Mm. You know, I looked at him again, thought he was going to start laughing. No. And you could tell with that drive, you know, he learned how to, how to be who he was, and, and look, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't have got much bigger um, yeah. than a, a Bon Jovi, you know, and, and that was him. That was him from the start, even at year, year you know, age eighteen, nineteen. Wow, wow. You know, you, you're such a royalty to us, to Shane and I, because I mean, obviously, there's Polygram Records where you were VP, and then, um, y- you know, and we just, we would just want to let our listeners know. I mean, you know, you were involved with, of course, signing uh, Cinderella Kingdom Come, Tears for Fears, Men Without Hats, Dexy's Midnight Runners, uh, and later at Atco Records, um, part of uh, Warner Communications, ACDC, Bad Company, Pantera, The Rembrandts, uh, Drive Bunny, and then, yeah. uh, and then um, you led Roadrunner Records. What's that say again? No, no, you can go ahead. Yeah. And, and then leading <laughs> leading a road roadrunner records um uh, as CEO uh in New York, you know, um which had of course I mean slipknot type of negative cold chamber, fear factory, machine head. Um I guess I mean one question that does jump out is like working with s- even some of the bands on the heavier side of things, did that change your approach to the business from a, uh, from a creative standpoint? Cause it sounds like you have this, you, you're obviously a very creative in your own music with gentle giant. And we'll talk about the remaster and everything, but also um, creative on the business side. Like, did it change your approach um, in terms of creativeness when you were dealing with some of those heavier bands? Um. No, I, I, what I try, what I try to do is balance, balance my creativity, if you like, uh, with, right. with commerciality and, and, okay. and, and but not, not commerciality in, in, in the sort of like the, the Kardashian way or, you know, the, 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 the just, just the same for fame's sake for a band that is, that has some kind of unique quality to them, has authenticity to them. Um, and, that, and that was important. Uh, you mentioned Slipknot, Pantera, um, ACDC. Man, I mean, th- those guys—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're the uh, the leaders 
in their field. You know, the, even Bon Jovi has a sort of pop metal band, if you like. Well, they're, you know, they're, they're the, the kings of the throne of the world. And that's, that's what I try to, I mean, you know, try to help along in whatever fashion I could. You know, you have to get everyone involved. Um, you have to have a good team. It's like a band. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, as I said, when I first walked into the first day at Polygram, I realized um, every office, literally every office was a little record company onto its own. Mm. So, uh, you know, they had their favorites and, and, and they were going to push the button on their favorites. And I had to sort of like say, okay, what we have to do is make sure that, <laughs> be honest here, my favorite becomes their favorite. So put words in their mouth so that we're all, all in together. Yeah. Um, gotcha. and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a weird, it was, but these days as a whole, thankfully, it's, 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 it's a, very, a very different um, scenario, of course, yeah. because you can, the bands themselves are able to dictate uh, what, you know, they're, 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 they don't need a record label anymore. You know, yeah. so they, they can, you know, a band, a band who have a group or, or a band that uh, I'm close to, uh, like Run the Jewels, for instance. I mean, they put out their own records free to the, to the you know, and the, these guys are superb. I mean, they're unbelievable, uh, talented, uh, you know, Killer Mike and the LP. They're, they're, you know, that's a whole different thing. And what they do is, is unique in themselves. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there, yeah. but back in the day, it's much simpler, yeah. you know, but again, it's, uh, we, we, we never saw that as gentle giant. We were completely cocooned from that world, thankfully. And, and well, speaking of, of course, oh, yeah. go ahead, Shay. Go ahead. No, I just, speaking of gentle giant, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're excited to talk about the, the reissue of civilian. That's your 11th album. Um, I love this album. I, I know that there's like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a love hate relationship with us with gentle giant fans, but I'm a big fan of it. And I always wondered, um, <clears throat> and I'm sure that you've asked yourself, have you ever wondered what General Giant would have been like going in to the eighties with the sound that you were headed in for that record? Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah uh, you know, it, it's funny. Um, I, 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 I like the album too. I, I, it's one of my favorites and, you know, and some of the band, they don't like it, and some of the band love it. You know, uh, it's one of my favorite. It's not, it's not as complex as some of the albums we had done prior to, you know, play, doing that album. It was the first album we recorded in, in the U.S. We we recorded in, in L.A., um, and the timings and everything else were, you know, they weren't they weren't, you know, we did certain things much more in a straightforward fashion. Uh, but it was still Gentle Giant. I mean, you know, it rocked harder. Um, and it was, it was, I guess, you know, times were changing. And, you know, and, um, and in certain respects, I, I had hoped, uh, we hoped that the, the stylistically, it was still Gentle Giant, even though it wasn't quite as complex. Some of the fans who liked, you know, the more sort of uh, eclectic uh, style of the early 70s, um, perhaps you know didn't want to didn't want us to change but you know we as, as people you change as as musicians you want to change or try something if it doesn't work okay you, you know, no problem but you've got to try and, and see if it works or if it doesn't work I think that was our attempt to update ourselves and at the same time um, I think the a lot of the groups who are you know in quotes in, in the prog era 
you know, were sort of realizing that they needed a pop hit single to still become relevant. I mean, you know, I guess Genesis and Yes and, and these guys were able to pull out of their hat some kind of single and radio started becoming much more important in their career. Mm. Um, for whatever reason, you know, that we were never embraced by radio per se. And in some respects, actually, uh, I'm glad, it's weird to say this, uh, but <laughs> uh, it's, I'm, in some respects, I'm happy that it didn't catch on so that we continue to, so that we, we feel more obliged, if you like, to continue to go in a direction that perhaps wasn't the right direction and, and in some way become a parody of ourselves because we've been gone for 10 or 11 years. Uh, and once you, you know, once you start you know, going for a long period of time and, and there's an expectation, uh, you start redoing the things you used to do. And, and, and you know, as a person, as a, as a, as a human being and, and as a musician, you want, you want to see yourself going forward and not, and not staying in the same place. We couldn't do Octopus for another 10 years or we couldn't do you know, freehand another 10, for another 10 years and redo that one. So in, in, in a lot of ways, I'm, it, it sounds weird, but I'm glad that it didn't catch on so that we felt relieved to say, okay, that's the end of the chapter. Um, let's leave it where we, where, we, where we felt that we tried our best and, and, and who knows what will happen now. Yeah. Yeah.